They present their analysis about the most significant challenges that members of underrepresented uh, minority groups are facing in our work organizations today and a set of recommendations about what individuals and organizations can do to promote greater access to opportunities, advancement within people's careers, and to fundamentally change the culture of organizations so that they are more inclusive and equitable for all people. One of the things I noticed in some of the promotional material that was sent to me with regard to this book was that it does talk about how businesses or companies around the country, you know, they do diversity hiring, but then once the people are there, they don't really have the opportunity to either excel at the jobs they have or move up. Or if they do move up, they're given jobs where they're pretty much guaranteed to fail. I wonder if you could comment on that. Well, we have a couple of dynamics that you've highlighted around access to opportunity in general and access to leadership opportunity um, in particular. We know that people often find out about different opportunities through relationships. They're recommended, they're promoted, they're mentored, and they're sponsored into important roles that allow them to grow, to get important feedback, and to enhance their visibility in careers. Uh, So one of the greatest challenges that Black and African American employees uh, are facing, as uh, other underrepresented minorities often face, and the workplace is getting people to bet on their success, you know, bet on their potential, provide them with those opportunities to grow, develop, and lead. Many of the leadership opportunities that they are granted are those that we call glass cliff opportunities, where there is a relatively high risk of failure. Uh, It's a very challenging environment. There's fewer resources to navigate the environment. Organization may be dealing with some financial crises, uh, crisis of integrity or culture. And so when the leader comes in and has the responsibility of repairing and restoring the organization, it's a fraught circumstance, not just because of race and other identity dynamics, but because of the the state of the business itself. Uh, So we'd love to see diverse talent have the same access to growth opportunities that are uh, high impact and that also give them the kind of support and visibility that they need to thrive. Uh, We also talk about needing the support um, when you might falter or fail. We all do in our careers, especially in growing and developing as leaders. We find that black leaders face higher penalties for failure than many of their counterparts. So When you have these high-stakes opportunities to lead, they really do feel like make-or-break opportunities. As I was looking at this and kind of pondering this topic, I was kind of thinking that, you know, over the years since the civil rights movement that people in minorities have had more of an opportunity, or at least on paper, it's looked like they've had more of an opportunity to succeed in business, in society, in government, and so forth. And there have been some gains. But as I'm reading the description of your book, it sounds like even though on paper they had these opportunities, it doesn't seem like it really translated into real life. And there's still a lot of real challenges. I think your comparison between you know, where we are today and where we were 50 years ago is the appropriate question. 
for us to all consider. Um, when we look at the, the composition numbers and aggregate diversity, you know, across the board, how many people of color are employed in your organizations today compared to 1965 or 1975, uh, we'll definitely see more people of color on the payroll, you know, on the books. The question is, what roles are they holding within these organizations? The greatest challenges and barriers are in providing the pathway to leadership for members of underrepresented and marginalized groups. There's been the least amount of change in terms of uh, representation and composition at the level of the C-suite and the board, you know, and that's across industries and sectors. That's where the decisions are being made about who gets promoted, how resources are invested, how policies and procedures are established and implemented. So the sobering aspect of our analysis is that we're still seeing what many people call a concrete ceiling, where as you get into the organization, and you may even get into the first level of management, but breaking through to the more senior levels remains a challenge. And as a woman in business, I've certainly seen that. It's like there are more women in business in general, but they still don't generally make it up to the really higher levels, although I suppose maybe, again, in the aggregate, there's more of them. But it's still pretty much a minority, whether whether you are African-American or not. So to me, it looks like there's been a lot of window dressing in business over the past 20, 30 years, making it look like women and minorities are going someplace, but it doesn't seem like they really have. Is that accurate or not? Well, you know, it, it depends, again, on the metrics that we're using. So, you know, some would say, uh, in what ways are we better off now than we were, you know, 50, 75 years ago? And we can certainly highlight a number of highly successful women and racial and ethnic minorities who are leading global organizations, who are taking on leadership in political roles, and, you know, in our communities as well. So from that respect, we do see some progress, but there are considerable gaps in pay. We still have a number of biases that influence our performance management systems. Back to your very first question about the nature of this book and race being a fraught topic, we still are struggling with having these conversations in ways that allow us to be more open and candid about the challenges and to really work together in collaboration to address some of those challenges. Uh, We tend to be met with uh, a fair measure of cynicism or defensiveness in having conversations about race, work, and leadership compared to conversations about other aspects of diversity and inclusion. We're a little more comfortable talking about gender, for instance, in the workplace than we are talking about race. Uh, so, So those are some of the areas where we still have important work to do. Yes, we've made some progress, but to truly, you know, move the needle and create that more inclusive society, we we have to be willing to acknowledge these longstanding challenges. Right. You know, I think that people know, obviously, that race is a big issue in America. I mean, you can't have lived 
in this country and not see it every day. Uh, you can't see that it's not actually, in some cases, getting worse instead of better. But how to bring that up at work and how to get people to take it seriously and to do something about it, that's really tough. Are there any suggestions or recommendations in this book, or is it just a reflection on, well, this is how it is? We have an entire segment in the book that focuses on organizational change and recommendations for organizational change. We talk about how to facilitate conversations, learning conversations about race and other dimensions of difference. We talk about what it means to build high-quality connections across dimensions of difference. You know, we talk about how to create a culture that is appealing to diverse individuals from younger generations because those who are entering the workforce now, they are, you know, really committed to this work in ways that previous generations were not. And so managers and leaders need to be prepared to meet those individuals where they are and to provide them with some opportunities to continue to advance the work in the context of their organizations. So, yeah, we we hit upon a wide range of recommendations that, you know, delve into those, those various topics and areas. At a high level, I would say, the biggest or most significant set of recommendations are that, you know, the work has to be systemic and it has to reflect a long-term commitment to organizational change. This is not a check-the-box kind of exercise where you bring in one or two trainers and you have everybody run through a session and then you move on. This is the dedicated work that requires focused leadership who have expertise uh, and that the firm or the company is willing to value their expertise so that uh, the firm can truly become more skilled in this work. All right. Then the final question I have is, of course, I can see from the employee's perspective what's in it for me that I would be able to get ahead and that people would let go of their prejudices and let me flourish. But if you had to be talking to the people on the top or running the show, what would you say to them? What's in it for them to give these diverse people in their organization that opportunity, that leg up? What's in it for them? That's always the case, you know, and I, and I start with all of my clients uh, as, a, as a consultant, as a strategic advisor, you know, as well as a researcher with the question, what's your why? You know, why is this significant? What, what drives you to engage and invest in this work? It is difficult work. For some people, it does boil down to the business case. You know, we have droves of data that support that racial diversity and other dimensions of difference help us to be smarter, to be better, to have access to a broader and more diverse consumer base, to develop uh, more efficient and impactful processes within our organization, to not take for granted that the way we've always done things is the best way to do things in the future. So that business case is quite compelling. But for many others, there's also the moral case. You know, we do this because it aligns with our core values of who we are as an organization, our mission, our purpose, or who I am as an individual, and dedicating my life to lead with integrity and to create opportunities for other people whenever I get the chance. 
so whatever your reason is, just you know, be clear about it, be transparent about it, and use that to continue to motivate your efforts in this work. 